This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me as usual are Richard Halls. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. In this week's show, we've got four new films to look at. Are they as strong as last week's episode? Sorry, do that again. Are they as strong as our last instalment? Only time will tell. Um, We're going to kick off with Neil Marshall's The Lair. Then we have Donnie Yen in Sacra. Then we have the indie movie Artists in Agony and the Argentinian horror movie What the Waters Left Behind, Scars. Our short shot this week is Red Valley, and our DTV throwback sees uh, Val Kilmer up in Siberia in The Thor. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is The Lair. When she is shot down over the Afghan desert, Pilot Lieutenant Kate Sinclair evades capture but discovers a bizarre secret left by the Russians. Teaming up with an international group of soldiers, Kate and her new colleagues must make sure this nightmare never makes it out into the open. Um, As I said, this is directed by Neil Marshall, he of Dog Soldiers and The Descent and Doomsday. one of my favourite directors, basically. I think he, he, he does a good job of sort of uh, straddling the line between horror and action very well. Um, and I, you know, th- I think this falls very much into that wheelhouse. It, it is very reminiscent of Dog Soldiers at times. Um, we've got a strong female protagonist, like we did in Doomsday and in um, uh, The Descent. Um, we've got um, Jamie Bamber doing the most bizarre accent ever, and we've got a good showing for some some Welsh heroes, which which is um, quite quite novel. Uh, Steve, what did you make of the Lair? Well, it's it's not original. It's you know it's taking bits out of everything, like say Dog Soldiers, The Descent, The Thing. Any of any of the aliens, everything is ripping everything off, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. To be fair, isn't it just? I, yeah, I just think Neil Marshall's had a bit of a falling out with Hollywood hmm. um, after like the Hellboy debacle and stuff like that. I mean, what director doesn't turn up to the premiere of the That's new true. film? Yeah, you know. And I think he's just thought, fuck it, let's get back to back to basics. And like I say, even with you know, like Dog Soldiers, Doomsday, stuff like that, I think he's just stripping it right back. And but it works, it's just a lot of fun. Um there's a couple couple of bits that are a bit rough for the CG, like the, the, the tongs or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um but apart from that, I think it holds up really really well I mean yeah. I'm, I'm presuming it's quite a low budget but it doesn't really look it and the action I think is brilliant I don't think he's done action this well since he did um, a couple of episodes in um, Game of Thrones and stuff like Indeed. that yep. 
Um, okay, Rich, was 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 this on your sort of uh, on your watch list? Is this one you've been sort of looking forward to catching? Not really. It wasn't one I actually knew much about or had much knowledge of. To be fair, it's mm -hmm. it's, um, it's had quite a quiet release on uh, Shudder. Yeah, and then well, not quiet, but I mean, I guess probably quite well known if you if you're a subscriber and stuff. But you know, obviously, no cinema release or, or um, um, a DVD release until now. Mm. Um, but say it did make its premiere on Shudder. I wasn't really familiar. With it. I kind of fell away from you know being aware of what Neil Marshall was actually up to mm. quite a few years ago. I didn't even really. I probably heard that he directed the Hellboy movie, but I didn't really um, think about it. Yeah. I, the, don't, I don't um, think he got. I don't think he got final cut on that, did he, Steve? I think that was. Uh, no, no. It, yeah, yeah he all went to shit apparently. Uh -huh. um, so I was kind of going into this quite cold. Uh, the cover, you know, was basically all I had to go on, which is a very basic, but quite a good cover. But it's a very basic. It's a mm. it's a monster's it's face a monster kind of movie. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. I, so I wasn't expecting the level of action that it's got. I mean, it starts out with a jet fighters, you know, like Top Gun style mm. action scene, which um, on a, shot on a budget, but still pretty damn good. I thought um, something you don't generally see uh, that often. Uh, so I thought that worked quite well. Yes, it is a the whole thing is a hodgepodge. Um, I mean, the aliens influence is probably the most apparent. I mean, even uh, Charlotte Kirk's character, uh, Captain mm. Sinclair, uh, she's. I mean, she even kind of dresses like Ripley. She kind of looks like Ripley um, mm. in 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 quite a lot of the film. And then obviously she and she. It's you know how in Aliens, you know, she's the one who survived. And then gets yeah. teamed up. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what happens in this. Basically, you know, she gets yeah, like yeah, a mini. Right, yeah. You get the mini alien movie. Yeah, you don't know what you're dealing with. Yeah, so that happens. Uh, so it's kind of putting those bits together. Uh, I think the the other sort of very obvious influence is John Carpenter, which was also mm -hmm. um, uh, basically the the whole thing behind Doomsday. So, uh, and the, at least the first uh, first part of the movie. I mean, a lot of this is being you know, everyone's saying uh, the descent and and stuff like that. But you mentioned it earlier. I think this is closest to Doomsday in terms of it's kind of uh, what it's going for. I mean, there's a whole compound attack sequence that really made me think a lot of Ghosts of Mars, which, you know, a lot of people don't like that film, but I have, I have a I, particular I like fondness. It. Yeah. That's I, another... I like, I like all of Carpenter's sort of siege movies that he's done. Yeah. So, yeah, we got this kind of siege thing, and, and you know, even in that movie, it was... I mean, this this is very linear, whereas Ghosts of Mars is all over the place, and, and also the music. If yeah. there was a bit more synth and stuff, it would be very John Carpenter, but the sort of setups and stuff, and even the, the font on the credits is, is that John Carpenter sort of associated font. Um, which uh, you know people like Tom Payton have also used for their yeah, yeah. Uh, films like Black Sight. Um, the whole concept has been you know done a load. The other films that it really reminded me of was in in terms of the creature and the set the setup there was Resident Evil. Resident Evil, and, and but thought, also Blade Two. Blade Two, yeah, I've, I've seen Blade, Blade Two for a long time. The, the sort of opening of the jaws and you know the tongue and yeah. everything, so very very much. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went with uh, there as well. Yeah, I thought, and what was good about this one is it's prosthetics, it's rubber suits, which yep. is quite charming, mm -hmm. uh, and I think works quite well. well I, pref yeah. I do prefer that because the Resident Evil movies and that, obviously, it's all CGI so in, in yeah. general. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a little bit of enhancement, but for the most part, it's it's um, 
you know, the big toothy face, you know, quite, quite, quite a familiar sort of monster look. I think that works really well. Um, the rest of the cut. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously the thing stuff, which you mentioned, there's even mm. a call back. There's even a, a line from the thing that they quote. And there's various mm. thingy bis, thinginess about it, especially as you get towards the end. Um, the cast is good. Mostly unknowns. Um pretty much all unknowns as far as I'm concerned. I wasn't really familiar with any of them. Even Jamie Bamber, who sort of gets some special credit, I'm not really familiar with him. Um, but I will say that the guy doing the Welsh accent, I was just thinking, that guy can't be Welsh. He can't be. He's terrible. <laughs> and then, okay, so I watched the making of and no, he wasn't Welsh. <laughs> so I, was like, oh, I, didn't mind that? I didn't mind their accents. Maybe it was because Jamie Bamber's accent was just so, so damn weird. You know, um, yeah. Everyone else has sounded normal <laughs> in, in, in relief. Um, yeah, there was the guy playing gonna... the um, the lead, um, sort of the main, uh, almost love interest character. You know, he's the mm. he's the, uh, the guy. He's the play, He's playing American, but I think he's also English. So his his accent was good. But um, yeah, some of the other ones, uh, Jamie Bamber's accent, yeah, a bit wandering and stuff. But for me, I was I was sort of there for the action, and the action is it's more action than horror i would say and yes. the horror is very, it, say, it's very much like uh it's, it's like dog soldiers with a bigger budget basically in in yeah. that regard um we're talking about siege movies um mm. and, and we've sort of missed the the obvious one i don't know if any of you either of you picked this up but most of the characters are named after people from zulu oh <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah, I've never but, seen Zulu, uh, so um, but that's that's very rich, cool. For fuck's sake, Rich, you have got to sort that out, mate. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not, not seeing it since I was about ten. Oh my so. god, it is just one of the all-time classic films. Yeah. It really is. Um, but yes, yeah, so so they're all named after characters from from Zulu, um, which, which again is is a film that was referenced in in Dog Soldiers as well. Um, they, okay, they there as well. So who's uh, Sinclair then? Who play, who's Sinclair character? No idea. I think oh, that okay. might actually. Let me just double check while we're talking. I think I got a suspicion that might be Michael Caine's character. Because he was the officer. Uh, yeah, okay. he was. Yeah. No, no, he was. Oh, yeah, and he, while you yeah. sorry. He was Bromhead. Um, oh, Bromhead. That's played by Super Troy Alexander. Mm. No, there wasn't. There wasn't a Sinclair. So obviously oh. she was brought in, but yeah, there's, okay. a, there's a hook. There's a wit. There's um, yeah, Finch. Owen, uh, Finch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I love that. I've loved little stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, I've not. I've not seen that one. But the uh, yeah, I thought I, I I enjoyed the cast. I thought they were good. Um, the um, the say the the horror stuff. There's some really great moments. Hmm. Uh, there's, there's like a, a face ripping kind of bit, which is pretty cool. And there's, there, there was one bit towards the end where this truck is being pulled by I, a cape. I really the, like that bit. That whole, that I whole do like, thing. I, I do like that bit, but I was a bit confused by what, because they, it seemed, I thought they were weighing it down, but then it seemed like they weren't going anywhere, but the truck was still moving. And I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I was getting a bit confused about what was pulling <laughs> the, the truck. Yeah. Did it What's make sense way? or was it just, did, was I missing something? I think Did it I think, makes sense. I think because it was it was it was stuck. Mm, the, you know yeah. the, the the lift was stuck. So so as as the um, truck was sort of winching in. Oh, it was, that's it what was, was happening. Yeah, it was, okay, it was the other way that around. makes so, sense so now. Until they were able to sort of cut the brakes, 
Yeah, yeah. On 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 the um on the lift. No, actually, did they do that? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, I have to watch it again. Well, wasn't it um lift? Wasn't it a, a Die Hard 4.0 as it was released here? Yeah. Didn't that have a, a truck winch kind of sequence thing? Yeah. Obviously, with a much yeah. bigger budget. But yeah, I thought this all worked. In, it was shot in Hungary, hmm. um, with I believe a lot um uh, a lot of the same people that Marshall worked with on Reckoning. Which was also, I think, a shutter premiere. Yeah, it is. I haven't seen that one yet. And and I think I and I looked up some of the stunt people because I thought the stunt team did a great, great job. Um, the I think one or two of them worked on Spectral, which is another mm-hmm. um, military yeah, kind of yeah. theme one, which you've you've mentioned I, is pretty I like good. That, I haven't yeah. seen it myself. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, this is uh, highly recommended. Absolutely. And on that note, how are we going to score it, Steve? I'm stuck between a seven and an eight. Um, I'll go seven. Solid okay. seven. I'm going to go for an eight on this one. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, glad to have it in my collection. Uh, Rich? Ooh, uh, ooh, it's, it's not one. I think because of its because it's so derivative, I'm just going to... I'm going to keep it on a seven, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's a, it's a very strong seven. Well worth seeing. It is. This is, this is perfect popcorn fare. This is uh, two sevens and an eight for Neil Marshall's The Lair. You can find it on Shudder or you can find it on physical media. Go check it out. Our next review is Sacra. Q Fung is a highly respected master in the gang of beggars when he is suddenly accused of being a traitor and murderer. Banished from the gang, he tries to discover who to set him up, only to find a trail of dead bodies leading straight back to him. Um, this does, admittedly, Steve, have a bit of a convoluted storyline. Yeah. And it saves a plot point for the mid credit scene, <laughs> which is like, what? Because it, it it flies in the face of what we've already been told, basically. Um, however, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's two hours long, so, so you know, there, there's a lot going on. A lot of sort of, um, I won't say courtly intrigue, but a lot of intrigue uh, between different factions and things. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I thought everyone was very, very quick to, to uh, suspect him of yeah, or, or to believe him of, of being, you know, a traitor yeah. and everything. They don't really give him a chance to, um, you know, speak up for himself or anything. It's 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 quite crazy. Um, but I, I loved all the the action, all, all the uh, you know the, the Matrix style waifu and everything. Um, very destructive, very violent and hard hitting, which was great to see. Um, I'm not sure if this is your cup of tea, Steve. How did you get on with it? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was just. It was very convoluted, I'll be honest with you. Mm. Um, but I thought it looked absolutely stunning. I mean, and, and the fights were, yeah, it was a bit over the top, but they were, they were choreographed really, really well. I mean, there's like a sword fight about three quarters of the way through mm. with yeah. Donnie Yen and the other guy. And it was, that was just, yeah, that was phenomenal. Like, it really was. Yeah. Um, but it, to me, like you say, it is like, Literally, oh, by the way, I saw you kill my husband. Oh, shit, yeah. right, you're gone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's it. I mean, I, don't I mean, know, he's, he's, a, he's a highly, highly ranked person within this gang who's done nothing but, you know, good deeds for them and all this sort of stuff, you know, yeah. and saved their lives countless times. It was like, 
nah, you're wrong and mate. You're wrong yeah. and you gotta go you gotta go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe that's how it worked back then. I don't know, but it, yeah, it seems like oh, here's a letter and I saw my I saw you and that's it. And it's like, that's all right, it. fair yeah. dude. Yeah, I trust trust you uh, over everyone else. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then he'll, you know, oh, I'll go back to me adopted mum and dad. Oh shit, they're dead as well. Uh, hang on, something's not right here. Mm. <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is. It takes about an hour before you find out what what's really going on. And even then, I was still. Well, I think it was even longer than that. Yeah, you know, yeah, before yeah. before somebody lets slip a bit of information about who's doing what. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, as I said, we get this bit at the end, which kind of adds a bit more and mm. fills it, which which is just like really confusing. And then it's like, okay, now where do we go? You know, I mean, in, oh. in a way, it's very bold. It's like saying, well, yeah. obviously, there's going to be a part two, you know, yeah. at some, yeah. some point down the line, um, which could be interesting because it could, you know, spoiler alert, it could mean a dual role for, for Donnie Yen. Um, mm. Now, Donny um, also he co-directed this one. I imagine yeah. you know, handed over when when he was actually on screen himself. Um, but I thought he did a really good job here. You know, um, he, he has directed yeah. before, um, but I think I think this is probably his most assured film as a director. Uh, I thought I thought. Yeah, it was I mean, really it looks it looks stunning. I mean, there's certain bits where you're just like Jesus. Mm. Um, even like the drone shots that bug in other films even in this one they actually work really well yeah and the amount of this the amount of destruction <laughs> is it's brilliant. i mean they must have built these sets you know just so they could tear them down again you know on screen oh, oh yeah they must yeah. destroy about 18 yeah different 18 buildings yeah no it's a lot of fun yeah yeah um I think, I mean, for me, there's a couple of films which I'd compare it to. There's one that John Woo did, funny enough, called Reign of Assassins, which had Michelle Yeoh in it. Um, sim similar sort of style to this. Um, so, so people are familiar with that one. Um, you know, that's kind of what you could expect. Uh, also, uh, Donnie Yen, he did a previous one called The Last Bladesman, I believe, which also had a sort of similar sort of feel to this. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I absolutely love his stuff. Um, and it's, it's, it's great to see this getting a release, um, through, through Dazzler. I'm glad they picked this up. They're, yeah. they're I mean, proving to be a good kind of... label for, um, contemporary, um, sort of martial arts action. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the, remember the kingdom? Yes. But without the zombies, obviously. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, that kind of style, but that's good. Yeah, it's decent. It's not... Mm. Something I'd rush out to, to watch, really, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. um, you know, the sort of martial arts element, you know, the sort of style of Kung Fu and it, it does sort of borderline um, sort of Dragon Ball Z, you know, a, a little yeah. bit. So, you know, where these sort of energy powers and things um, yeah. start coming into it a little bit. Um, but, you know, and, and sort of being able to sort of leap over buildings and stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's it's all done so well, you know. I mean, it looks, yeah. it looks great. So I'm... I'm you know, I mean, compared to something like Hero, which is another Waifu film, um, which I, I just thought was deathly dull. You know, it, it's mm. it's beautiful to look at, but but boring to watch is this way I always yeah. describe it. Whereas this is actually exciting to watch; it's quite entertaining um, if yeah. you can 
if you can keep up with the plot, you know, <laughs> that's, that's that's really the main issue here. Um, you know, it's like, well, fuck, who who's the betrayer? You know, but, yeah, yeah. He, he's dragged out he, a bit. Too. Yeah, because you've got these other characters, haven't you? There's these these other characters just sort of you, you know they're sitting on the sidelines just watching, and you don't know how much until later on. You don't know how much of a hand they've had in, you yeah. know. M- m- muddying the waters sort of thing so yeah there's a lot going on and it saves a you know it saves this ace up the sleeve you know until the mid credit scene and it goes ah there you go prompt but there you go um how are you going to score it uh again i think i'll give it a seven yeah i'm going to join you on a seven for this one i did really like it and it will find find its way into my collection um go check it out our next review is Artists in Agony, a documentary which tries to uncover what actually happened at the Coda Tea House, where four renowned hitmen inexplicably killed each other in a bloodbath. A mysterious package containing a series of hard drives shows an anonymous film crew documenting each of the assassins over the weeks leading up to the massacre. Um, this is very low budget, Steve. Let's get that out of the way yeah. first. It's a very, it's a, this is very much an independent very. film. Um, it is an interesting idea, but I felt it overstayed its welcome by about twenty minutes. Yeah, really. Uh, I think I think it'd be better as a short. To be fair, yeah, I, I think it's okay as a feature, but I think it needed to be. I, I think <laughs> it it gets a bit too bogged down in the. So, you know the dramas with the various people like like they had the mercy yeah. sisters you know yeah. all of that stuff you I mean it, it, that could be a film in itself i mean i suppose maybe, maybe like a, a series of shorts might have been better but you know anyway. yeah I, like say i mean it's, it's what about an hour hour and 40 yeah and to me if you're going for an hour i'd, I'd class that as like a short you know that, that kind of length i think would have been okay because it starts off all right, and then it just just sags a bit in the middle, really. So we've we've got this. We're in this sort of alternate universe, sort of this alternate version of LA, mm. and there is this underground network of assassins who have their own fan bases, who openly yeah. discuss their their hits and things. You know, it's all downloaded from the dark web and all this sort of stuff. And it centers around the supposed assassination of a renowned assassin called Rockstar. And there are four different um, assassins who've claimed responsibility for his death, Mm. basically. And all four find themselves in this tea house, the Coda tea house, uh, on this fateful evening. And then we learn that leading up to this, this event, each of them had been followed by a, a documentary film crew, um, unbeknownst to them, sort of working in, in tandem. And mm. they sort of put, to, you know, they, they put all this footage onto hard drives. And then years later, after the event, I think it's like five years after the event, it, yeah. it comes, it sort of surfaces. Um, the, the bits I didn't enjoy too much were the sort of people on the street yelling at each other, going, Rockstar, and all this oh. sort of stuff, you know. Well, yeah. But, Supposed to be like a, a rock star convention, weren't it? 
yeah, all that sort of stuff. It's, and, it's like, mm, no, that that didn't work at all. That just it did. It didn't work. That, that no, it was very annoying. To be fair, very yeah. annoying. But the actual just kills like, were, you know, the actual sort of uh, murders and stuff. I thought that worked quite well. It was quite lighthearted. There's a great bit where one of them sort of staking out a house. And he keeps getting approached by these religious nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like really sort of really right wing religious nuts as well going, you know, with your donation, we we can sort of firebomb this uh, gay funeral or something. <laughs> you know, this sort of shit. You know, um, he sort of disposed <clears throat> them one after the other. That was that was pretty funny. Um, I like the bit where he, he turns up and she's having... <laughs> oh, you think he's having an affair? No, no, she oh. actually is having the affair with mm. his protege, and they're <laughs> rowing. Just keeps shooting him while he's on the floor. Oh, yeah. that bit <laughs> was hilarious. But yeah. it was one of them. The comedy didn't always work. I mean, a lot of the time it was just and the voiceover. Oh mm. my god, oh, the one that I talks mean, like this all of the yeah. time. Yeah. See, I was wondering if they've changed that for the English market because it kind of sounds a bit like Melvin Bragg hmm. you know what I mean that kind of way yeah, yeah. Um, like which like Shrek 2 did you oh, know right. when they had like because they put like Jonathan oh yeah they Ross put Jonathan in, Ross in like, didn't they yeah that's right and it was some, somebody else in America or whatever and stuff like hmm. that I wonder if you know if they've done it in that kind of way and put that person in for the English police but I said that I was on the link was YouTube, wasn't it? So yeah. probably not. Yeah, maybe not. But yeah, it's just fucking very annoying. annoying. To be it was very yeah. annoying. Yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 I think it would would have worked better if they'd had a straight. You know, I want to say a straighter person. You know, someone playing it a bit more straight rather yeah. than sort of you know messing yeah, around with it. Yeah. it. yeah, exactly. Uh, for example, that you know they had that guy. Uh, you know, the ex CIA guy. You know, yeah. that stuff worked really well. That you know that had a sort of air of authenticity about it they needed more people like that i think and it would have yeah. worked you know it would have given it a bit more an air of authenticity rather than you know sort of fly on the wall documentary kind yeah, of stuff it is obviously it's very very high and in that kind yeah. of sense yeah. some of it does hit, hit a bit weird, but i was to be honest i was quite disappointed with the ending as well hmm. the yeah. actual Supposed massacre because you know it's building up, building mm. up, building up, and then it's it's, it's over so quick. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the bit, the other bit I did like though is is um I think it's, there's a character called Frosty, and mm. at the beginning you see him with his you know he's carrying his his son in a stroller sort of thing, and yeah. he gets he gets his car and there's these two guys trying to break into his car. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. Um, the way yeah. you handle that. Very good. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a mixed one, this one, for sure. So yeah. on, the, on that note, uh, how are you going to score it, Steve? I'll probably give it a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go five on that. I'm going to go one higher than you. I'm going to go for a six. You know, th- there are times when I was, like, staring at my phone, um, mm. just listening to it, you know, and, and other times I was very much engaged what was going on. It, it was a bit of a mixed bag, this one. Yeah. But... There you go. That is a five and a six for Artists in Agony. Go check it out. Our next review is What the Waters Left Behind 
Scars. This is a sequel to the 2017 film What the Water's Left Behind. A rock band on the skids is about to self-destruct under the weight of its members' egos while touring Argentina. However, what petty troubles they had pales to insignificance when they stumble into desolate town of Epiquen and fall foul of a family of murderous cannibals. The one thing I really did not expect, guys, watching this is for a prologue set during the Falklands War. Okay. <laughs> that was just like so out of the blue. Um, and and it is a little prologue where, where uh, you know, this uh, uh, British sergeant is on the phone to his commanding officer saying, yeah, yeah, we killed all the people here sort of thing. Uh, but he hadn't killed one of them. He sort of sneaks up behind him and, and skewers him. And then when he comes to later on, um, the other guy has basically cut his leg off and is eating it over a barbecue sort of thing, you know. So as soon as I saw that, I thought, yeah, Steve's not going to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not going to want to see this one. Um, so this is, as I said, it's a sequel to a film from about uh, yeah, six years ago uh, now, which I had seen and, and is almost identical to this, to be perfectly honest. It's set in the same place. This um, Epicoen is a real city or town which was totally destroyed um, when it's sort of the, uh, this uh, water wall broke and the whole town was just flooded uh, for, I don't know, about sort of 10, 20 years before the waters sort of, uh, you know, subsided. And all that was left is this, you know, the wreckage, basically. If you ever look at the trailer, it's great because, you know, the actual um, sort of city blocks are still there but each city block is just rubble, you know, and it's, it's all sun bleached and everything. And and residing there is this this family of sort of cannibals who, who sort of same bunch or some of the same bunch from um, the previous film. Uh, but instead of a documentary film crew falling foul of them, we have this um, uh, rock band who are on tour. Uh, playing these really shitty places, they meet this girl who's like, "Oh, hey, come back to my place. My family would love to meet you." You know, and and unfortunately, they, they don't spot the red flags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, until it's too late, and they end up there, and uh, yeah, slowly get picked off one by one because they 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 fall for every uh, slasher trope going. You know, as soon as they get there, it's like, "Hmm, I wonder where our friend is. Maybe we should split up and go look for him." You know all this sort of stuff um lots of grim moments in this one I, I won't sort of go into too much detail if if you like a very sort of nihilistic atmosphere to your horror you will get a lot out of this it is very well shot um there's not much to the plot not much to the script for that matter really there's nothing here that hasn't been seen before especially if you've seen the original film but it does look good um and it does have this sort of very nihilistic sort of tone to it. I kind of enjoyed it, I guess. <laughs> um, mainly sort of, you know, just the sort of stupid stuff that goes on. But yeah, I mean, none of the none of the group would would have had any chance of survival if it wasn't the fact that you know the actual uh, um, sort of family, this 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 cannibal family, is kind of mirroring what's happening with the rock band earlier on. You know, they're on the point of self-destruction of like, you know, there's a lot of infighting and sort of rivalry between different members. 
um, <laughs> there's one part where one of them takes one of the girls to a room for shenanigans and then one of the other brothers comes in it's like you know she's my bird sort of thing and uh yeah the outcome of that's quite nasty i must admit so yes it lives up to its um reputation i shall certainly say that um it's, it's argentinian uh the few argentinian horror films i've seen do seem to sort of follow this sort of um this, this very nihilistic approach uh, if you like that sort of thing, you can go check it out. I will give this a 6 out of 10. Our short shot this week is Red Valley. In order to avoid a costly war, two warriors must face each other in unarmed combat to the death, with a victor winning the crown for their faction. Um, very well shot, this one. Uh, looks great. Very well acted. Um, okay, the props are a bit, you know, um, cosplay-ish, but that's nothing to worry about. Um, what I like about this is it, it's, you know, it's quite sort of timeless. I, I'm kind of imagining this is set way into the future, um, when sort of like the world has kind of like restarted, as, as it were, uh, you know, and uh, sort of rebuilding. Um which would help, you know, explain the accents. But um, I, I thought this was very well done. Um, Rich, you, you curated this one for us. What can you tell us? Uh, yeah, I think I, th I think you could take it either, either way in terms of when it's set. It's it's one of those. It, it's like it's a fantasy film, sort of essentially. So it's it's not supposed to be anything particularly historical. But I guess mm. you could take it as any particular time. What I appreciate because it is a like you say it is an action film it's a kind of a fight film that's kind of what it's leading to but it's got a uh, it's got some really good sort of character drama yeah sort of setting the stakes and sort of you know getting you invested in the characters and what i liked i mean certainly when from my perspective at least i wasn't taking sides so yeah. therefore the uh, yeah. the outcome is more uncertain because you don't you Although these they're in conflict, you, you're not. You're not um, I when I was watching, I wasn't taking a particular side. Yeah, so they both seem quite sympathetic. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't set it up as like a clear bad guy or anything. Is it? It's, it's like no. It is very much um, the film that sort of comes to mind. Actually, is is Hearts and Armor, which which balances the the two, you know, the two factions really well. So so mm -hmm. you, you could take it either side. And yeah, as you say, you, you, there's no clear-cut winner to this at all, um, and you know, um, which which was very interesting to see. And, and um, yeah, it, it, it uh, keeps your sort of uh, you know your biases in check. I think. Yeah, and I thought the action was pretty well done. There's some nice surprise moves, a bit a bit like I was saying about with like the lair earlier. There was a couple of moments that really sort of went, oh, that's that's pretty good. Mm. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's about 15 minutes. Say half of it's about about half of it is sort of set up, and then and then you sort of get into a sort of a prolonged combat. Um, certainly more weighty than the standard sort of fight short that we see, yeah. so, which is nice because it's uh, you know I, it does feel more like a uh, a beginning, middle, end kind of film, which is why I basically, I mean, there's a couple of things that have been out lately and that this is kind of, I've chosen this one because it's more substantial 
mm-hmm. uh, and I think that that it can be the, which makes it for a it's a bit more interesting to talk about but also you know for the for the um, for the people we're encouraging to see it it is something we'd recommend of sort of what I would recommend of uh, you know going to see something that's you know where you know there's there's character development and stuff that's that you can get invested absolutely in. yeah uh, Steve how did he get on with Red Valley yeah I, I agree with you really because it is it's one of them like that there is no there's no body you don't know which way it's going to go you don't know which way to <clears throat> you don't support anyone but I did like that you've got that little bit of character development at the beginning you know hmm. like the the one who's just sat there waiting ready you know what I've had a breakfast or anything like that just wants hmm. to get it on with men again the other guy who's you know I think he's, he's, he's meant to be his wife. He's like, well, like, come on, let's have a, a quick rumble before you go. And he's like, no, 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 I'm concentrating. I am focused on this. And to be fair, it kind of reminded me of that, you know, like the the uh, like trial by combat things in Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, but obviously, instead of all the bloodshed from the war, they just get it over and done with in, in, this, in this way. Yeah. And... You know, like at the end where someone wins and the reactions of the people and stuff like that, I thought it just went really well. I, I agree with the costumes. Like you say, it was a bit cosplayy. Um, but apart from that, I, I just thought it was really well done, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And it is that reaction, you know, that those reaction shots at the end. Mm. Um, yeah. which, which really sell it, which really sell the, you know, the emotional impact of what's just happened. And, and you also yeah. get the feeling that, you know, it's, it's taken a lot of bloodshed um, for them to sort of come around to this way of thinking, you know, so, well, why, why don't we just have like two guys fight instead of all of us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I thought was quite good. Um, which is a concept we have seen explored in, in other things. Oh, yeah. I mean, in various ways. I mean, one of the, Robot one of the things... Yeah, that kind of stuff. And also, there, do you remember there was that Russian dance movie where they had to have dance-offs or something? Oh, yeah, I, know, I never got <laughs> to see that one. Yeah, Dance or oh, Die, wasn't it? Was it Dance, dance or, or Die? die. I th- I'm yeah. pretty sure that was a similar concept where it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, you are chosen and you are... Anyway, or, I guess, like, like Battle Royale and stuff and the Hunger Games, yeah. Games, yeah. So there's, there's various um, iterations of this, which is all good. I mean, that's a great thing for a for a low-budget production because you haven't got to put big crowds of, mm. of you know, hordes and, and stuff. So it's a nice, it's it works well for within the budget limitations and stuff. Uh, Mighty Fox Productions yep. is the company that made this. Uh, they're based in the United States. Have we seen any of this right. stuff before? That we covered I haven't. Before? No, this is the first, this is oh, the, the, the first, first one, thing I've seen it, Yeah. But uh, okay. yeah, I will be looking out for what they do in the future. Um, yeah, just, uh, just a quick shout out for uh, to Film Combat Syndicate, uh, which is where I saw this uh, being promoted initially. Mm-hmm. So it was as a result of that article that I went over and uh, subscribed to their channel and, you know, awaited yep. the release. Awesome. Okay, yes. Yeah, so we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you go check them out. And we shall put the link to the film in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is The Thor. In the Canadian Arctic, a renowned eco-scientist discovers the body of a woolly mammoth in an area which once housed a glacier. Days later, research students arrive to join the expedition, only to find the facility is deserted. 
Um, ew! I, bugs! I hate bugs. What were we watching last week that had bugs in it? And I, I was complaining. Oh, the breach! That was the it. Breach. Fucking breach! Yes. Um, <laughs> fucking! I got really icked out by this one. I must admit. So, we have a mammoth that has thawed out. Um, you know, from underneath the tundra, the ice, the, the, whatever. And it's full of these parasitic vertebrates, basically, um, which yeah. burrow under the skin. There's a really, really icky bit, which is like a, um, almost like a found footage bit at the beginning, where at they're the sort beginning. of poking, poking this wound. And it's like yeah. really, really gross. Um, and it doesn't get any better than that. So... <laughs> It's it's interesting. Um, it does drag at times. I think it is a, again. It's a bit too long. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I was creeped out at times. I must admit, there is um, a very funny bit, which I'll, I will come on to in a bit. Um, but Steve, I mean, I, I know you're not you're not a gore person. Um, there are one or two bits in this. Uh, yeah. How did you get on with the Thor? Oh, yeah, and Valka was in this, should mention. <laughs> well, yeah, for about 10 minutes, if that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I enjoyed this, actually. It reminded me very much of, well, obviously, you've got the thing, but also, do you remember the, like, the X-Files rip-off? Ice mm -hmm. in, like, season one, where, they, you know, they go to the Arctic and, again, it's a parasite that's going around and stuff. I don't remember um, that, but there are other films which have dealt with similar stuff. There, there was a film called Blood Glacier, which I think was a Danish film, a similar sort of thing where, where they find that, you know, the, the glaciers melting and it releases all of this sort of bacteria and creatures and stuff in, into, the, yeah. into the air. And there was another one called Black Mountain Side, I believe, which again, sort of similar sort of thing where you know, something's uncovered under the ice because it's all melting, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, it's the same thing. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a bit slow in part. I mean, it takes it takes a good while to to get going, and you find out exactly what's happening, really. Mm. Um, but you, I mean, you can kind of guess it straight off what what the crack is. But um, yeah, there's a couple of bits that were. Yeah, quite nasty, especially with the um, pilot, shall we say? Mm. Um, yep. That bit was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> let's yeah, this is let's get through this classic, a little bit. But... Yeah, classic Day of the Dead scene that is. Yeah, um, um, but apart from that, the performance is quite good. I mean, Val Kilmer kind of phones it in. He does. Um, He's literally reading a script off his lap, probably. isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's about it. But you, you, you know who's gonna be okay or whatever. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, you know, you know what's coming. You know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is done quite well. Rich, I mean, I, I, I assume as as with us, you had not seen this one before. No, although I do own it because I bought a Thai DVD of it All right. years ago. Yeah. But I never watched it, and I actually got because um, we watched this on a, on a, a streaming service with ads, hmm. and uh, yeah. I was gonna. I, w I thought I'll try and watch my DVD. So, mm -hmm. but it's a. Uh, 
I couldn't get my I couldn't get the disc to play. <laughs> and then when I and when I did get the disc to play, uh, it was in Thai, and I don't have a remote control for that <laughs> DVD player. So, so I was like, you could, right, you give it change up. Change the language. Uh, no. So I did end up watching it with the ads. Um, I will say, it this reminded me of a lot of things, uh, including mm. things you mentioned earlier. But the th um, one of them being uh, one a film we covered on this in this segment previously called Harbinger Down. Yes. Which, like this, yeah, was yeah, another yeah. film basically modelled on the, the thing, thing. Yeah, to yeah. an extent. It was Lance uh, Henriksen on that one, wasn't he? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. And that was a coincidence, really, because the um, you know, the lair and this have got a few things in common. I think I, I, a couple of the elements did sort of bleed over. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought, and um, yeah, this one's very, very, very influenced by the thing at certain points. And I will say it's the, um, but what i was originally thinking of because it sets up it sets in motion because this was made in about 2009 it's the global mm -hmm. warming message it's kind of yeah. a, a message film uh about you know um uh, the climate change resulting mm. in this great thing and what's funny is it's like uh, the, the, the way the film ends is it's like well something you know there's a like uh, there's like a deadly virus or thing or whatever and it's just it's only a matter of time and then obviously we had uh, we had covid and stuff so there's a kind of prescience about mm. it um i will say say the global warming stuff uh, and the setting and everything reminded me a lot of uh, larry fessenden's the last winter which is a superior film oh, and yeah. also yeah. Uh, and the creepy uh, monster uh, you know the the little uh, the, icky, the little ickies mm. um uh, sea Fever, which again was another film we've um, we've covered on here. Uh, oh, so there, were... there was another one we we did. Was it? Um, it was a low budget one about sort of creatures. It was like an oil rig or something, or, or was it like it was some sort of facility and this creature was sort of living in the the water pipes? That, I think you're thinking of Sea Fever. No, it wasn't that one. Oh, it was wasn't it? that one. Okay, because no, no. that that was kind of moving through. Through pipes on it, but it was on a boat. Yeah, yeah. No, this this was, yeah. I have someone like Patrick Muldoon in it or something like that. I'll have to look um, it up later. So. It will come to you. Shout out. But I will say, I mean, apart from all these other influences, yeah. apart from all these other sort of similarities, the thing that I came, I was just watching it. The thing that came to mind most was I thought I'm watching Cabin Fever. I'm yes. watching Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. Yeah, there was. Uh, and then, I, and then I made, time. then that made me think. Christ, they remade Cabin Fever, didn't they? I was they like, did. that was a weird thing that happened. It was like 10 years after the original, they remade it. Anyway, yeah. but I, I've only seen the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I think I saw it at Fright Fest, actually, the, the one and only year I went. Um, anyway, so very evoke, very, very much reminded me of Cabin Fever, sort of a low-rent kind of version. Uh, yeah, like you say, Val Kilmer sort of appears in these sort of dodgy scenes at the beginning, which doesn't set a good tone for the film. No. Uh, when you think, oh, geez. And then he kind of disappears and reappears, whatever. But still, he's he's not really there. <laughs> um, we've got the, you know, the young, you know, the youngsters kind of, uh, uh, the, you know, that cabin fever kind yeah. of set up. They go to the thing and it sort of starts happening. Um, there was a bit of a start with a polar bear, which I, I was quite impressed by, because I was thinking, how they, did they just get some stock footage and sort of put it together and stuff? Because hmm. I thought that worked really well. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, the stuff about the mammoth, I mean, it sounds really grand, but you barely see it. It's like it's like a little bit of fur in the ground kind of thing. Um, but that's a, it's quite an interesting idea. You know, it's, it's 
say it's trying to be uh, a genre film but also be this kind of heavy-handed sort of global warming thing uh which is uh i don't think don't think the two fully work some of the kill stuff i mean i mean there's a really um, i mean you'll probably uh mention it um it's it's the cutting the arm sequence mm -hmm. Uh, so that's that's what I mentioned Day of the Dead, yeah. Right, yeah. I was just thinking they're just hacking away. You know, so, and, uh, you've got to be really good to sort of get it in the right spot. Oh, it's funny. Is, is, it, um, is, is it Aaron Ashmore or Sean Ashmore that's in it's this Aaron one? Ashmore Aaron this Ashmore. One, the one who the one who isn't an X-Man. Yeah. So so he he looks you know, he looks quite youthful in this, but his character is supposed to be um, you know, he, he hates the sight of blood. So naturally, he's going to be the one to try and cut the arm off. And of course, he fucks it up, which is why she sort of takes over and has to do it. And again, it, it, it takes a good couple more hacks before it comes off, which yeah. I thought was quite funny. What I enjoyed about this is there's that really dickhead character who's supposedly yeah. afraid of bugs. So, so he cheats on his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um he accuses her of giving him an STD when he starts pissing blood, which I thought was hilarious as well. Um, well that a pain, that's a painful scene to watch oh, as well. I imagine. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, but he then, then he pulls a Carter Burke on them, which I thought was, you know, and he's yeah. like accusing, you know, going, oh, you know, you can't go, you can't come out because you're going to be infected. And everyone's like, dude, you're infected. <laughs> Just totally ignoring the fact that he's, you know, he's the one who's actually infected. Um, which he's a bit of a sort of Millhouse character um, in, in that regard. So it was quite funny, <laughs> which, I, yeah. which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it has its moments. I, I love the setting. I always love films set in, you know, isolated locations, especially in, you know, sort of winter sort of settings and in, in the ice and things like that. Um, I, I do like that sort of feel, um, except of course here the ice has melted, so so you just got this sort of like you know tundra basically. But mm. it's it's a bit slow at times. The, the, some of it gets really icky, especially towards the end when you got these bugs sort of crawling all over the windows and stuff. You know, um, I thought the bugs were pretty good. The little they the were pretty good. effects on the yeah, yeah. On, on the on them, yeah, yeah. I, I, and the makeup I, effects, the prosthetics and stuff. Oh all, all God, that yeah, stuff yeah. was really good. I, I I never really used to have a problem with bugs at all until I saw um, Creep Show and and that final sequence in in, in the film Creep Show uh, with, with 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 the cockroaches that fucked me up something bad. And ever since I'm like. Ugh. No, no really I say spiders. Spiders, I'm fine with, and I, no, I, like, I, I like having spiders in the house because it means they're killing what? all the other insects. You fucking weirdo! <laughs> no. And this is the thing, because because this is what I keep telling my wife, saying, "Look, the spiders eat all the other insects," and she's going, "There aren't any other insects in the house. You never see any other insects." And go, "Yeah, of course." And you say because that's just the spiders <laughs> eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> Spiders are cool. It's, yeah, Mike, it's... That's like, Mike, that's like saying you're Batman. <laughs> no one's ever seen you and Batman in the same room. No. no. <laughs> you don't never see me and Batman in the same room. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, any more on this one? I was, I was <sighs> quite curious that the, the director, Mark A. Lewis, he, he sort of hasn't done a huge amount apart from this. Yeah. He's done a couple of quite low profile things this is probably the probably sort of quite unquote sort of the 
the biggest thing that he seems mm. to have done because of the Val Kilmer uh, and, Aaron, and Aaron Ashmore sort of yeah. factor. But um, yeah, so I've, I'm quite curious about, you know, the, I'd be interested to know more about the film and its genesis or whatever. I don't know if there's much information yeah. out there. But uh, yeah, it's, but, a, it's like, a, I think it's a Canadian American co production. Mm-hmm. Uh, which explains why it's sort of got that Canadian setting, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of an odd one, really. It's yeah. got the, I mean, the, the poster, the cover art in various territories has Val Kilmer like front and center, yeah. uh, and they do try to they do try to do some stuff with Kilmer, but uh, and you know, especially towards the end when it's sort of um, uh, it's trying to sort of go in some different mm. directions to to the sort of just standard monster stuff. Um, but really, it's it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 okay, you know. It's yeah. but it's I, ca- I can't say it's a film I particularly recommend. Um, it's, <laughs> so it's a it's a curio yeah, of a kind. It is, it is a curio, and if you like this sort of film, this sort of survival horror slash body horror, you know that kind of thing. A bit of science thrown in. Um, go check out Barry Levinson's The Bay. Uh, is, yes. is what I'd say, but um, but that's his found footage one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Fucking that is a cracking film. Yeah, but anyway, if you know, otherwise, um, if you happen to be scrolling through Plex, for example, uh, you will find a copy of it on there. Um, the Thor, that is not the babe. Yeah, it's an interesting film. Um, not one of Elkin's best, that's for sure. If you're freaked out by bugs and that sort of thing, I, I caution you. Um, yeah, it gives me shivers thinking about it. But there you go. Um, that is the Thor. Go check it out. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich and Steve for watching these very strange films. Not quite as strong as last week's offerings, but um, certainly Sacra and uh, The Lair definitely did it for us, I think. <clears throat> Yep, cool. Yep. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at the DTV Digest, also at the Short Shots, or the DTV Short Shots, uh, where Rich puts a link to a new short every evening, around about eight o'clock. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Tune in again next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.